Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Pastor John and Pastor Rebecca as we discuss some of our favorite parables from the teachings of Jesus, and we discuss this week's messages in our series entitled Parables. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. We are in the 50s some, somewhere. 53? Uh, 53 or 54? 53, I think. I have to go back and check. Um, math is not my strong suit, as anybody knows who's um, who's been, been with me for very long. I'm not great with the math. But today's special day, first Sunday in 2022, that Rebecca has been joining Yay. us. Yay! Welcome back, Rebecca. Thank you. So we didn't ask, we didn't get to ask you this last week. Oh yeah. Um, how how was your Christmas? How was your New Year's? It was good. My New Year's, um, I didn't really, I, I didn't party, um, but uh, I got to see fireworks out my window from like, I don't know, six p.m. all the way to twelve thirty p.m. <laughs> Super awesome. Super. How'd your cat? How'd, how'd Oreo do with the? She did uh, okay. with the fireworks. In West Virginia, she hated them. Here in Florida, she thinks they're fine. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe Florida's gotten to her. Like she's more chill. She is more chill here. Much more chill. Well, doesn't make sense, but I'll yeah. take it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you back in the armchair today. Uh, we are in the series uh, called Parables. Uh, Rebecca was in Vine. Uh, John, you were in Classic mm-hmm. uh, this week, and we were in. Uh, a particularly cool parable, uh, which we'll get into in just a moment. But I wanted to kick off because we're in this series and we'll be in this series for the next several weeks. Just kind of asking you and and having you reflect on of the thirty seven or thirty eight parables, right? As John mm-hmm. mentioned, there's mm-hmm. thirty seven or thirty eight. I just want just side note. I always love when we have to count things, and people always want. Well, how many parables are there? Well, it depends on who you ask. You know, <laughs> biblical, was that really a parable, was or that was that re- just a story? Yeah. yeah, was that? Yeah, what what constitutes a parable? We're not going to get into what constitutes a parable this week. Um, but what of the thirty eight <laughs> parables that are in uh, scripture? Which one is particularly significant? To you, and maybe it's just significant now, or maybe it's always been significant. But what, which one is is really impactful to you? And I'll, I'll throw it over to you, Rebecca. Which Good one? Samaritan. Um, I'm, oh yeah, mm. it's a classic. Yeah, I think a lot of people would say Good Samaritan too. Yeah. I mean, just great, great parable. Um, yeah, and I think it's easy to understand too. Yeah. I mean, once you get into it, you get all these. But what treasures is, what out is of it, it about what what is it about that parable on that? subject of this of who is my neighbor that mm-hmm. resonates so the compassion with you. of the man who is supposed to be the enemy being compassionate and um even sacrificing of his his self and time and, and resources to to care for somebody in need um then of course there's the <laughs> the priest uh, aka aka pastor <laughs> yeah who walks on the other side of the street and passes by and i mean it, that one hurts doesn't it it does it does <laughs> they're probably off doing some godly deed um and following god's law and <laughs> misses the compassion <laughs> on the other side misses of the street this is the opportunity to actually live out the law but uh, right um yeah yeah it's very that that's yeah. a very uh, you know when you get to the good samaritan it is so um Commonly known, mm-hmm. but the detail and the richness and the 
the impact just never, never wanes. Yeah, there's a reason why it's commonly known and so well, yeah. so well known. We have Good Samaritan laws yeah. now that talk about being that person that right. you were talking about, Rebecca. Yeah. That you're you are that person of compassion. They want to protect people who are being that compassion if some harm comes. Yeah. Comes uh, as a result of that. Yeah, right. yeah. What about you, John? Well, uh, one, uh, as with the the Good Samaritan, I mean, in, in that story, one of the things that is fun about it, and yeah, there's this ouch part of it that says, "Oh, that's actually I'm I'm the I'm in the role of the person who passed by." So that's that 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 there's an ouch to that as well. But in its own context, in its own day, it really was a poke in the eye at the at the at the priests and the, and the rabbis who, who were going by. Yeah, it was really a poke in the eye at the the Jewish leadership, and so it's this very very provocative language that he uses it's set with this great compassion um and uh, and, and and which is a number of these parables get at. And I think you and I were getting at that ourselves this weekend. Yeah. Not to get ahead, but um, but similarly, uh, and I never I never thought that the, my favorite parable is the parable of the prodigal son. Okay, and mm-hmm. uh, and I never really thought of that uh, for a long time. I never thought of that as as provocative. Yeah. Um, because I always I I went with the translation and the understanding of that song, that parable as that everyone else focuses on, which is the actions and the risk res, of betrayal, and then the restoration of the younger son. So it was over identification with the younger son for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is you know I'm having conversations with people who are the wayward sons, and it's like let me tell you this story, which is the yeah. whole thing of that of that of the story. But it wasn't until reading reading um, the Prodigal God by by Tim Keller uh, that that we actually did a series on uh, here uh, uh, last year, or year before. Uh, it wasn't until reading then that I had the sort of the tectonic plates of my world shift in looking at that <laughs> mm-hmm. at that the parable because it's, it's really again in the context just like with the Good Samaritans in context it's really it's, it, it is very provocative against the Jewish listener Jew, Jewish leadership who were listening to this story saying mm-hmm. both of those sons were problematic right mm-hmm. and that's what really stood out to me is that both of them both of them wanted what the father had to offer they wanted the goods uh, but neither of them, it became evident by the end of the story, neither of them actually wanted the father, yeah. the relationship with the father. And that, to me, was just uh, – it was like scales fell off my eyes, light bulb went on. And it's like, wow, have I ever missed that? And wow, is that powerful? And wow, what do I want? Yeah. Do I want the father or do I want the goods and the blessings and the things that the father offers to me? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it, it eventually turning into that – to a prayer is like, Lord, I, you know, help. Help me with that. I want you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's mine. Yeah. Well, how I about mean, yours? It's, so I, you can always go back and forth. There, there's there are two that I just um, are, uh, they're both very challenging, but also very comforting. And one is the parable of the sower. You mm. know, this idea that there's this sower that that casts out seed, and some falls on good ground, and some falls amongst the weeds, and some falls amongst uh, the rocks, and some fa- falls on the the road and and the explanation of how the gospel responds in different people's lives and and I know that we all probably have stories where we can actually see that parable play out in people's lives and there's a comfort in that uh, to me because there it it reminds me that it's not up to me as a pastor or minister my job is to to just uh, sow the seeds sow the seeds and and let God do the rest and 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 not knowing where that seed falls in a person's life um so that that one but then the one that really i i, I it's again like you're saying John you know you you read it and you read it read is that 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 the very brief you know parable of the lost sheep you know the whole idea that a shepherd mm-hmm. 
leaves the 99 and goes after the one. I mean, we are in such a kind of a democratic kind of age and the majority rule type thing and whoever's the loudest is the best and whoever, you know, that that kind of mentality that that uh, a shepherd goes after the one and and how God looks at uh, humanity and Back to what you were saying about the the good the, the um the uh, the prodigal son, you know always, we always kind of put ourselves in that one lost sheep kind of mode. I was like, wait a minute, we're more <laughs> like the ninety nine. I'm actually more like the ninety nine. And what <laughs> happens when God prioritizes? When I see God prioritizing the one that's lost, and and how do I respond? And that's you know that's in that that whole sequence of events. Um, but it's it's just yeah because simple there's in there. the, it's it's the the rejoicing that that comes with the one yeah, that, is, that is found uh, yeah and 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 am I rejoicing you know, with with the one that is found and so many of the parables saying rejoice with me for I have found rejoice with me for I have found yeah culminating in the prodigal son rejoice with me for yeah. I have found but you know it's too you know I think about like the lost the lost sheep for example and you know he he puts numbers to it right he puts mm-hmm. ninety nine and one. And think about how absolutely ludicrous that is, you know, because it, the shepherd is – it's his livelihood, right? I mean, and what's going to happen to the 99 when he goes after the one? You're going to 99 <laughs> to exposure, to threat of thieves, of, yeah. of, of, wolves. of wolves, yeah. All sorts of – And you leave them all behind to go after one goofy wayward sheep that could get lost and die. You know, that to me, but that's the, the whole idea of the – the kingdom logic doesn't always fit our yeah. logic, and and that whole idea where you know God is a just God, but His justice sometimes shows up in in remarkable and in ways that we don't get, and His grace shows up in ways that we probably never really truly understand. Uh, that to me is just in, in, in yeah. those, those those two. It's it's kind of one more personal challenging and one more comforting and uh so i cheated i gave you two yeah you did didn't you yeah well you're right though the particularity of the one is does stand out in that 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 god you know this is the psalm 8 who who is who are we that you are mindful of us that god who creates the heavens and the earth the particularity of one person who is in need yeah that the god of the universe cares enough for that that's that's pretty that's pretty remarkable and sometimes a hard pill to swallow I mean, I think that's the thing that I, you know, if I'm in the 99 and I feel like God's prioritizing mm-hmm. the one, well, wait a minute. The one who yeah. failed to follow, yeah. too. The <laughs> one that failed to follow. We're, and that goes back to the whole. Yeah, mm-hmm. now that's why the, that's older, the prodigal that's the prodigal son, son you know? and the older brother comes two, two parables later. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, uh, it, it is, it's, it, but it is very uh, illuminating but also somewhat frustrating, I think. Yeah. And I think that's the way some of the parables are for all of us, too. And so I want to just side note, too. I mean, do you find it challenging to preach uh, through a parable, especially one uh, that is that seems so obvious on the surface what the meaning is and, and seems so? And, John, you this week kind of turned the tables of where – and you have the last couple of weeks, well, who are we in the story? Mm. Last week you really talked about, well, we're really the Gentile folks, but – you know, or you know, where's the, where's the, um, you know, wh- where do we find ourselves in the story? Do you find it challenging to to preach through the parables, or is it, or is it fair? Do you find it fairly easy, Rebecca? What what do you I mean? Um, I mean, I feel a sensitiveness, like I don't know if the right word of it. Um, 
There are some things of, oh, people aren't going to be very well receptive to hearing some of these things. There are some ouchy moments um, that you have to to recognize and address. Um, and I guess that's where a challenge can come is uh, being able to go through without turning people off altogether from listening any further and keeping them engaged and receptive to mm-hmm. the message. I guess that is the challenge, but um, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you were there. You, 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 you spent some time uh, unpacking the excuse-making that was mm-hmm. going on in the parable, yeah. and then you, you, you closed the message by challenging us, basically, mm-hmm. in our own excuse-making. Yeah. Right. And I thought, so, so you were, I mean, you, you were yeah. pu- pushing on that, on, on those, those points there, but, but rightfully so. I mean, it was an appropriate application of that, but it, it, I hear what you're saying, that that mm-hmm. gets a little, you know, no, nobody wants to stand up and say, hey, by the way, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you guys are all morons, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hope, hope it works out for you. Yeah, good yeah. luck with that. Yeah. So what, do you, what are you, John, when you're approaching parables in general, do you find it, uh, generally fairly easy or fairly challenging to unpack for, uh, for people in the, I think in the on, on the one hand I, the things about parables that are that are fun and engaging are, are make them and makes it enjoyable and makes it much much more accessible and that's your, your storytelling mm-hmm. yes. you, know, you that's the great part you're just you're telling stories and in this case both of us both of us went into like five stories in one we got it we got a, you had two two parables a minute ago Zach we, we had five in one right. you know, well, we, had we, two, had we had two in context. one yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right the context but so that part of it i feel good about and i enjoy that because it is narrative it's, it's much in much in the same way that i that i really enjoy the the narrative sections of uh, like the book of genesis yeah you know we have the abraham isaac mm-hmm. jacob joseph's you know narratives it's much more engaging to have the storytelling Absolutely. the problem that i have with it the concern that i have going into parables and, and sort of the the guardedness that i have is really goes back to what i was saying earlier is that you know, for all that time that i thought that the prodigal son was about the son the younger son uh, you know i have a heightened sensitivity i think going into these things now i don't want to i don't want to miss the larger picture so so this thing of setting the context like you and i both did rebecca is is really big for me and so i, I really want to make sure that we we're, we're hearing getting the 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 running start into the parable so we make sure that we're hearing actually what the parable is, is saying and not missing uh, some key elements of the parable so that that part of it is a little a, a little um you know, I'm a little uh, aware yeah. going into that. So, How about you? While we, so for me, I mean, I, I find it, um, and I think it does depend a little bit on the parable itself. I mean, uh, the it, the type of parable it is, where it's set up in the life of Jesus, from which gospel is it coming from? Are there? I think those become challenges. Where I get a challenge, and we we actually when we did the. Um, the Good Neighbor series several years ago, mm-hmm. we really unpacked the Good Samaritan story. And mm-hmm. one of the questions that we talked about was the challenge of the very familiar story, approaching it from uh, not just a fresh way, because it, the idea that innovation is our goal is not is not not right. Mm-hmm. That's our innovation is never our goal. It, if when we preach there's some innovation, great, but that's not the goal. Um, but we do have to overcome the sense of Oh, I've heard this story before. You know, right. like as well as what you're saying, Rebecca. There are super um, ouchy moments. You know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of those. So, to me, the challenge comes from both sides: the relative familiarity with certain ones of the stories, and then the relative uh, 
pointedness to some of the stories and where do we fall into that mix and and, and is there a continuum and as as you, as we approach even this week y'all approach this week's parable there are people in different you know from different standpoints and and the application kind of moves and shifts depending on where people are in their faith journey um and then the other side of it too is uh and and we'll talk more about this next week as we get into the 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 parables that we we're going to talk about from matthew 13 next week uh what happens when you when when i disagree with the larger commentary uh uh, you know, library yeah. on a given interpretation. And right. I go, you right. guys are just super lazy and in, in your interpretation because you're missing it. Uh, that that gets to be um, that gets to be a challenge because do you go out with what you feel like the Holy Spirit's telling you and your gut and your research, or uh, do you go with what the wider scholarship is? Is <laughs> the yeah. interpretation right. of it? So, um, so yeah, there there are challenges, but again. It is really enjoyable to see how Jesus taught and to get into the actual words of Jesus' teaching and go from there. I think that's that's a that's you know, a, you know, always the, a blessing. The, the familiar the more familiar the parable, I think the more that vulnerability that you're just describing where I'm going to be standing alone against the a, a, a bulk of scholarship that yeah. I am I'm seeing. I'm I'll be standing alone in an interpretation against that. Yeah. The more familiar the parable, the, the the more you feel that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and this week you were tackling uh, a parable from Luke chapter fourteen. This parable of the great banquet. Uh, John, just run down for people that don't know, maybe didn't hear the sermon. Uh, again, I encourage you to go back and listen to the sermon. Run down the basics of this parable. This is a little bit more of an extended, yeah, the, the parable scene than um, some of the other ones. One, uh, one house, one meal. One Sabbath, uh, one host, a bunch of Pharisees and experts in the law are there, and Jesus somehow gets invited to this to this party. He's not the very best host, host uh, guy you want to invite to a party. This is not the he's guy like, you want to invite boom, to a boom, party. Boom, boom, boom. You know, he's he's laying it out, and you know, not in an un, unkind or un, but just in truth. He's like truth bombs are dropping left and right. Yeah, oh my gosh! And so he heals a man. They don't they don't react to that, which they did earlier. Uh, uh, react to that in other places. React to it. He heals a man. They're silent. He calls them to be compassionate. They're silent. He tells them that they're they're clamoring for the best seats in the house and um and 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 stop it and be humble instead you'll get your reward from that and then um and he t- then he goes to the host this, this is the part that got to me so he looks at the host and says by the way this is a, this is not this is not what you should be doing it's not how you should be throwing a party <laughs> don't throw a party like this yeah. you know d- these are all people who are going to pay you back go go get people who can't pay you back and so this is the poor poor blind cream uh, crippled and lame uh commentary and that is all the setup into the parable of uh, and i love how you said it rebecca is this is a parable about a banquet being told while at a banquet. Yes. <laughs> so it's a parable about a banquet while being told at told at a banquet. This is why the context, especially in, in I mean, every week it's it's important, but especially this week. Mm-hmm. And I loved how, how Rebecca, you really said, man, if you're going to throw a party, don't invite Jesus to your party. <laughs> I think John said that. Oh, John said that one. <laughs> but it's but it's it's just. Uh, can you imagine the guests show up and go, oh, you got Jesus coming? Oh man, we're going to hear it. You yeah. know. Um, but I, but I, I love the contextual buildup yeah. of this because it really sets the scene. A busy house, lots of people, and in this case, important people. 
like quote unquote. Yeah, these are these are the, the elite of society. Yeah. This is not the tax collectors and sinners and and prostitutes that Jesus also hangs out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you always wonder how did he get invited to that party because they they do they do uh, really get at him. So Rebecca, when you're at this, at, you know, when you're d- jumping into this banquet scene, you really dived into the scene, the, uh, a lot of the details of the scene and yeah. what the backstory was. You reference a book uh, by Kim Bailey. Love yes. the book. It's a great book. Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes. Yeah, just for people that don't know, you, I know this is one of those things you kind of mention it, but you can't really dig into it a whole lot. Right. So tell people, if you can, just for a second, what that uh, what that book is all about and uh, the, the impact it's had um, on you, especially as you're going through stories like this with the parable. Um, Ken Bailey is a was a Presbyterian missionary, scholar, pastor, professor, all those things. Um, He spent 40 years in the Middle East, uh, in different countries of the Middle East. And so he put this book together mostly on Jesus's parables, giving a lot of the structural um, breakdown of um, couplets and uh, the way the parable is put together and what that tells us, and also a lot of the cultural background of the story to um, help us to understand how Jesus is telling the story and what we can take away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a good book. Uh, it might stretch people. Um, yeah, it's, it's I know there are a few times where yeah. I was like, oh, you went too far. You went too far. I'm not so sure. But eventually I came around and agreed with him um, mm-hmm. after processing it. Yeah. Uh, it's a good book, but it's it can be challenging. And if if you're new to the faith and you're new to scripture, uh, it might be probably too deep. Too much, probably, yeah. probably not the book for you. Right. It's called, you and it's called again Jesus. Uh, Jesus uh, through Middle Eastern eyes. It was. It was on my. I just blogged about this a couple of weeks ago. My my top books of 2021. It was in one of my top ten books of, of 2021. I, I had not read it. But uh, and I guess I'd seen excerpts from Ken Bailey over the over time. But just this was like ah, uh, I was like a sponge soaking yeah. this up. So how cool is this? And I remember meeting him at New Wilmington Mission Conference in oh, yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah. And everybody following yeah, the around him like he's a, a little. West, he's a Western yeah. Pennsylvania boy. Yeah. He is. <laughs> <laughs> and he passed away about five years ago. Yeah, it wasn't long ago. Twenty sixteen, I think. Mm-hmm. Or now, I guess this would be like his seventh year, but. Uh, and also, great, great plug for the uh, the blog at fpclakeland.org. If you uh, <laughs> anybody listening hasn't read, we, we put out blogs on a fairly regular basis, and uh, John listed uh, top books for 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, so great, but yeah, and 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 I, I wanted you just to talk about that a little bit, Rebecca, because there are, we get, and I'm sure you do too. Now that you've been here, we get people that want recommendations. You know, what mm-hmm. do what do I read if I really want to dig deeper into the parables or the life of Jesus and you know some of the other because uh, we have we the thing that's awesome about FPC is we have a, a, a congregation. It's very there's a lot of diversity in terms of people's educational backgrounds, but we do have a pretty fair pocket that like I want to dig deeper, like for mm-hmm. real. So I, I just wanted you to to kind of give a plug for that right um, right there. We we get absolutely no money from that. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we, should, we should write the publisher. That's a, that's a legitimate <laughs> like recommendation. We no money comes to us or FPC for that. But Rebecca did. She brought that up though in the context of un unpacking the the excuse making that was going on in the parable right. so she's unpacking and what did got, it mean for the t- buying a field what did it mean for the yoga yeah. box and what did it mean about you just getting married i i gotta tell you i really appreciated that section of your sermon mm-hmm. because when you just read it you think 
if you don't have this kind of like detailed thought process about what that would really mean. And and you talked Mm -hmm. about the two weeks of the advance notice. So this wasn't like, hey, come to my party tomorrow. Right. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about some of those details that you brought up and what – what impact? What, what? How did that play into the overall application point that you event? You know, you did bring it to that uh, at the end. They were flimsy and poor excuses. Um, if we just read them right off, we might not recognize them. But the people who are listening to Jesus telling them all would have realized that these were poor and flimsy excuses. I mean, the equivalent today would be like saying, you know, I. Um, your spouse just bought a house on the other side of town, and they paid for it, and now they're going to go look at it um, yeah. instead of doing all the inspections and the, and the background checks and all the things that need to be done beforehand. So it, it was obvious lie <laughs> yeah. or a really, really, really stupid person. Um, but everybody who would have heard it <laughs> would have funny. kind of chuckled of, you know, you know, th- that's a bad excuse. And then going on to the next excuse, so you just bought five yoke of oxen, you know. I bought all this work equipment, and I don't, I don't know what I bought. You know, I bought a phone, and I don't know what I got. Um, so I put a picture of a track phone up. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because, that's right. you know, if you don't know what phone you bought, really. <laughs> this is what you deserve right you here. Deserve you deserve that phone. Um, and then getting married and not knowing you're going to get married, you know, two weeks in advance. Uh, yeah. I did ex- love how you you did pa- from a pastoral standpoint. I yeah. do know people who have done this. Oh, and, and it, I do. Yeah. In the last couple of years, too, they didn't know two weeks in advance. <laughs> yeah. Hello. It's um, a surprise wedding. Yeah. That and was, one that, wasn't even dating That was the that one that point. really got to me, though, in, this, in the excuse making in the parables. Like, yeah. You knew there was a party, and you knew you were getting married, and yeah. you said yes to both. Right, and so, then you didn't invite the guy. That was the other thing that yeah, I, I thought that. that was cool. Was like the person that sent the invitation, who's obviously an important person in the community, mm-hmm. didn't get an invite to right. the wedding, which means, again... And in that culture, too, that would have been a, a bigger slap in the face than even here. So yes. Was, you can almost yeah. sense these guys listening to this story, these leaders listening to this story mm-hmm. going... Man, man, <laughs> what? Who does that? Who does that? You're just waiting for the punchline to to show up in this story. Yeah, and John, when you really talked about the excuses, you went to the overarching reality. Hmm. Um, less, you, you did less on the detail, but one overarching reality that there was one thing uh, that um, that that guided the the rejection was that there was something more important. You, yeah. know, you really got down to there's always something more important or seemingly more important than mm-hmm. accepting this invitation to the to the party. And yeah. and then you shifted to the poor and the crippled and the lame mm-hmm. and then the highways and hedges and the byways. So when you're looking at those things, how, how did you approach the, 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 the kind of order of Jesus' uh, um, thought process there? Well, again, I, I it, for me, and I, and I brought this out um, um, pr- pretty strongly, and had some conversation with people, uh, s- several conversations afterwards as well, asking just about the the state of the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, just be really clear. What I was talking about: not all Jewish people rejected Jesus. Yeah. Not all mm-hmm. Jewish people then rejected Jesus. Not, not all Jewish leaders rejected Jesus. You got Nicodemus. You know, yeah. you get the you get as, as a Jewish leader, you got the disciples. Clearly, were Jewish people. So, but it was really this. Here's this context with these prominent Jewish leaders, and and you know the guy 
that, that was the other one that was, it was odd to me was the guy who says, oh, how good it will be when we feast in the kingdom, the banquet of the kingdom of, kingdom of God. And like, how good will that be? Like, dude, have you not just been paying attention? Have you just not been hearing what Jesus has been saying? He's been hammering on compassion and humility. And, and, and some guys like, you almost picture him with a glass of wine and yeah. like completely missed it. You know what? It's really going to be good. Yeah. And, uh, and so completely missed it. And then that's the launching point for this for this parable. And it's like it's, it almost sets up the the – the, that provocative language to to use that phrase again against the Jewish people and how difficult it was to be have Jesus as in your house as a host mm-hmm. uh, it's it almost sets up that hey this is really about you guys missing something here you're yeah. kind of missing the point here you may not you know, mm-hmm. you're assuming that you're going to be at this you know at, at the banquet you know, you were talking about at the end um about uh, you know, this is God's feast, and uh, how that you talk about the you know the Jews had, had rejected it and, and went out to the others beyond uh, that as a re- to the sinners uh, mm-hmm. as a result of that. But you know what makes that person so certain that they're going to be at that table? So mm-hmm. I, I did go into a bit of um, the, the Jews might the, the the Jews are assuming a whole lot of things that they don't need to be assuming. Yeah, and then you went you you, you talked about the. The levels, right? So the the invite to the poor and the lame—that's the potentially the Jewish people that were on the outside of the Jewish community, the ones that would have been considered unclean or yeah, coming out of Jewish families. Yeah, and, but, and, the, and but they are poor, blind, crippled, yeah. and lame. And the theology of the Jewish people at the time was very much they're poor, blind. And lame because they are inherently judgment. sinful. This is something, and, and you even see that amongst Jesus' disciples. You think about the scene when they ask Jesus about a man born blind, who sinned, this man or his parents, and Jesus has to correct their theology. But they're, he's speaking into that theology here in this into this parable, and then says, "Well, there's still more room, so now we're going to the Gentile community." Yeah, and uh, I love how you made that tie. Well, it's it's the outsiders that are in the community, which would have been like the disciples or or people like Matthew, the for example, the Jews, the, yeah. yeah, the the prostitutes and those. And then it's then you're talking about even the wider community, the Samaritans and the Gentiles, the the Canaanite people, um, which is which is a really interesting. And again, you guys both bring this up. Just the shocking language of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really trying to slap people. In. I mean, it's like really <laughs> verbally slapping them in the face, but not in a mean way. I mean, he's not. It's kind of like the not touching can't get mad kind of thing. He's not really pointing at them like directly and saying you should have invited. But they all know it's them. Yeah. <laughs> it's all. They all. There's no doubt it's them. Yeah. But it's a little bit of the not touching can't get mad. Last, last week I used this image, and I think it applies to this one as well. I didn't. Neither one of us brought this up, but I think it applies. You know, in the middle of all these conversations, you can just. You can just see the shadow of the cross. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know all the anger that's beginning to build up, and all the resentment, and all the 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 um, the, the desire for. And by the way, we both picked up on this. The generous attitude towards what the Jewish leaders are doing is that their own people had suffered as a result of not being morally and and ceremonially ceremonially uh, aware and yeah. pure and and, and clean mm-hmm. and so they went into exile you brought up the exile in particular but they went into exile and and the whole pharisaic move, movement came out of that exile which led to to, to this to, eventually led to this sort of uh, hardening of that, which is what yeah. Jesus was reacting to, but the impulse behind it was good. Yeah, right. It just they had hardened uh, by the time Jesus uh, shows up, mm-hmm. and so he's dealing with that. So it's a good, good impulse gone bad, and yeah. Jesus is calling him on the bad that has that has come into that. 
Rebecca, when you got done with the message and, and, and done preparing and then delivering, and w- what were the things that you're like, man, if I had 15 more minutes, I would have gotten into this more or I would have added this because there's so much detail in all this. Yeah. Maybe to talk about um, even the wider issues that we sort of talked about right now of um, justice and mercy mm-hmm. that they were missing. Um because I didn't really touch on that a lot, because uh, there was even a wider context than the context of being at the banquet. Um, that the earlier in the scriptures, earlier in the gospel, um, was being brought to light, um, and I only went back so far and had to cut that off because I could go all the way back to his birth. Absolutely. I could go even all the way back to creation, but uh, I. I I put the parameters that redemptive up. history thing. I've seen the rep- right. pattern here. This is a Rebecca pattern, right but you know, here. I li- but I, honestly, and I've said this before. I, I, you know, it is there. I mean, yes. all that yeah. connection is there. And in a sermon, sometimes you really have to hammer that point home, and sometimes you have to say, "I can't, can't uh, get there." Right. Yeah. I'd love to do that every single time, but I. But it reminds I me of the, Dr. Moorhead at Princeton used to say uh, he's a historian. He said uh, he said you ask any historian to explain any single event, and they need a thousand year running start. Right. <laughs> so you get Let's your go thousand, back a thousand year years. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, John? What did you? I think I, would, I think I would have spent more time. A couple of things on this, but the main the main one I think is um, I I was aware of uh, sort of moving past it fairly quickly in the, in the sermon to get somewhere else, and just knowing I, you can't put everything out there right now. We'll hopefully I'll preach it again. We'll we'll deal with it more. But uh, just just the the idea of the banquet that this guy was talking about. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for that to, ha- to happen. I'd love I would love to spent if I had another ten fifteen minutes so just to unpack that the, the theology and just gone back to the Isaiah passages and other other passages the future oriented passages and say this is what he was actually commenting on we didn't even know it potentially but but uh but there's this 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 uh this eschatological kind of framework built into the whole idea of the banquet and uh how great that's going to be you can't neither one of you really had to, time to super deal with that and it does that t- that does take a, an entire movement in a sermon to really unpack it but if you know not being able to get there when when Jesus really is talking about this this level of excuses and always something more important or or the levels of people that should that will be invited to the banquet you know with the with the outsiders and and the non-Jewish folks it, there's a lot man it's just a lot with the parable and this is one of the challenges of parables mm-hmm. seems so simple it's a, lot, a lot of cutting room floor <laughs> stuff here seems so simple and just as a reminder this is one of the again I, I I feel like I say this every week but this is one of the beauties of our uh, a preaching ministry here at FPC Lakeland is you can hear more about a, a given passage from the preached word of God because we have two preachers approaching Just by it. listening to two sermons. Yeah. Just by listening to two sermons. Things that Rebecca brought up that John did not, John brought up that Rebecca did not, and you get this fuller picture of what that is about. And even there, there's still stuff you can't talk about, <laughs> which is amazing. So if anyone has missed any one of the messages in this uh, series called Parables, um, or especially this past week's uh, sermons, uh, go to fpclakeland.org, click on the Sermon Archive tab, or go to our YouTube page, uh, search FPC Lakeland. We have it all organized in a playlist called Parables. You can see any one of those uh, sermons. And if you've missed any one of our podcast episodes, uh, be sure to search for us, Armchair Preaching on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, check our website. We have the links um, on the Sermon Archive page to those episodes. And be sure to subscribe. Hit the like button and share it with your 
friends. It really is growing. I got a lot of people more and more, hey, I listened to it this week. And um, we're going to be adding some different elements in the next couple of months with different guests coming in. And so that's going to be a lot of fun and uh, encourage everybody to stay tuned. Okay, we can't, le- we can't leave this moment, though, without saying to Zach and Julie... Oh, yes. Happy anniversary to you. Today's your 19th wedding anniversary. As we're recording this, it's our 19th wedding anniversary. And because it's a Tuesday, you know it's going to be a barn burner. It's, it's a Tuesday. So it's like the, the least uh, easy way to celebrate an anniversary is <laughs> on the Tuesday. It's the busiest day, busiest day of the life tacos. of the church. Ta- with tacos. Taco Tuesday. No, we're going to we're we're gonna have some dinner at home. I'm going to cook out um, some steaks and stuff on the grill tonight. Steak tacos. Steak, steak tacos, maybe. You got tacos <laughs> on the brain today. That's um, right. But anyway, thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, John, for hanging out, and uh, can't wait till next week. I'll be in Classic uh, be next in, Sunday. I'll be Vine. Vine, you'll be in Vine next uh, Sunday as well, and uh, we're going to communion be, Sunday as well. It's a communion Sunday. We're going to be unpacking quite a few parables, lots of parables stacked on top of each other. This is one of those successive uh, parables uh, sections in, in Matthew's Gospel and the in the um, uh, parable discourse of Matthew. So it's going to be a, a lot of fun. You can tell I've already done some of my work on that. So <laughs> He's ready. anyway, thank you guys, and uh, we'll see everybody next time.